When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What up? What, psych, psych, psych. We're not doing that. We are not doing that. Welcome to the Complex Sports Podcast. Um, I'm here with my guy, Adam Caporello. Uh, it's a different voice, as you know, to start the podcast. Conspicuously uh, absent friend, right now. Yeah. Our, our, our friend Chops is uh, in Nebraska in the cornfields for some reason, um, unannounced, you know. So, you know, I'm going to start things off. We got a big podcast today. We got ironically chops his best favorite athlete adam that's his favorite athlete his nfl bff yes baker mayfield is on the podcast and it's incredibly ironic that chops is unable to record with us on this monday when we're doing it when uh we recorded an interview with his again his dream quarterback baker mayfield it's a fun one quick 15 minute conversation with baker um, but we've touched on a bunch of different topics in it. But it is ironic that Chops is unable to record and talk to us um, from uh, the remote location that he's in currently while we're trying to tape this and knock this out for Tuesday, um, especially after he spent several days in Cleveland at the goddamn NFL draft. And so he yes. should have stories and, and tales to tell from going around and, and taking everything in. I hope that he and Roger had a picture that he posted to Instagram. I hope that he had some incredible uh, rocking out to Kings of Leon and other nonsense that was going on in the NFL draft <laughs> and other stupid shit you can do in Cleveland, uh, that deplorable city. But, yes, it is ironic that Chops is not on this most Cleveland of podcasts. Yes, so all the Cleveland listeners that uh, I know all Chops' listeners and uh, Cleveland Browns fans that are listening to the beginning of this podcast, don't blame me if I'm slandering Cleveland and the Browns and and uh, not Baker because he came on today. Uh, it's not my fault. Chops didn't show up. He didn't show up. And we got to – the show goes on, man. It's an, an, egregious, an egregious, egregious absence absence for Chops. That's all we can describe it as. Yeah. But uh, we'll uh, we'll try and cover for him. So should we just start? So should we just start with the clown of the week? Go ahead and make that get that out the first <laughs> So yes. So all that being said, at the top, our clown of the week goes to our co-host Chops for not being prepared to do the podcast. And again, on this Cleveland of this most Cleveland of podcasts we may ever do in the history of this podcast, he can't be here to talk about his experience of the NFL draft, how the Browns did a good job drafting with their class, and again, all the sights and sounds from his time at the draft. You helped. You helped put out a cool little social media video. Tell about tell him about that, Young Zion. But oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so clown of the week goes to Chops for not being prepared yeah. to do this do this taping on Monday. So we're gonna bust his balls incessantly until next week. That that was absolutely absolutely terrible, chops. This is this is bad, man. This is bad, and we're gonna let the audience know. And we're not holding anything back. We're a transparent group. But yes, chops just came back, or is coming back from the NFL draft um, in Cleveland, in his hometown. We definitely uh, check it out on Complex Sports. We got to interview some of the first round picks uh, and do a couple fun videos. But that was cool. But let's hop into things. This it was a busy week. It was a very very busy week. Aaron Rodgers. Kind of started off last week kind of crazy, uh, demanding a trade. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, I guess the question I'll throw to you is, do you believe that Aaron Rodgers is a certified diva? Uh, 
I think let's, it's be, warranted. let's be frank here. This is some diva esque behavior. This is some diva shit right now. He's pulling. It's 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 definitely diva. He's definitely a diva, but it's it's warranted. I think it's warranted. You can't. He he has to be a diva at this point. Like what what does he owe to that franchise? He gave them a Super Bowl. He just had an MVP season, and they're still not going to do anything to make him get to the ultimate goal of winning another championship. And they took so, the ball out of his hands when, they, again, he could have kind of, you know, dictated what was going to go down yeah. in, in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, yes, the, the the transgressions and the frustrations for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are well documented. Um, and I kind of agree with you a little bit there, Young Zion, that he does, I guess, have the quote-unquote right to kind of pull this shit and dictate his terms. He's been, depending on how you grade Brett Favre, the, the greatest quarterback in Packers history. He's inarguably one of the top three quarterbacks still in the game. And should, with what he's been able to attain in the game, dictate where he wants to go if he wants to leave. But the Packers digging in their heels and saying, fuck you, we ain't trading you. And all these teams calling to inquire about if he's available, telling them to fuck off. Um, it's going to get real spicy and real messy and real dramatic real quick. And it should be a lot of fun. But if you want to call Aaron Rodgers a bit of a diva, I think he can. I think it's warranted right here. Yeah, but, you know, if if uh, after the draft, I'm thinking, you know, we got a second round pick, the New York Giants. Aaron Rodgers is available, man. A second round, you can trade. Yeah, second round pick. Yeah, you know, that sounds got, about right. We got we got two first round picks next year. Two first round picks. Number one, the draft the Giants did was exceptional, but we'll get to that. But two first round picks for Aaron Rodgers, uh, and and we'll That's give you like three more. No, we'll give you like three more picks, and maybe a couple players we're throwing in there, man. Go get him, man. If we get Aaron Rodgers, we're winning the Super Bowl. I don't care. Okay, but who? But if in your hypothetical scenario here, what do you actually legitimately like a legit trade here for the Giants to go get your boy Aaron Rodgers? It's not two first round picks. You got to give up more than that, pal. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, of course. We'll give him the two. So you're first giving up round your boy Saquon Barkley. You're giving up your what? boy Evan Ingram. You're giving up who oh. else? Dan- we'll Danny Dimes yeah, going yeah, yeah, shipping. Yeah, you right. We're giving up <laughs> NFL Pro Bowler Evan Ingram. We'll give you Evan Ingram. We'll give you definitely our two first round picks next year. We'll give you our next. We'll split up like the Nets did. Every other year, we'll give you a first-round pick for like the next four years. So we'll give you like six first-round picks. And yeah, the rest you can work out on yourself. That's enough for me. If we're giving you six, four, five, six first-round picks, give me Aaron Rodgers, man. Come on. Okay. And the, and the Packers will never do that trade in a million goddamn years. So you can keep you can keep uh, hanging on to that pipe dream, pal. They're silly. They're silly. But yes, we, we uh, like I said, the Giants, I think, had a great draft. But in general... I mean, your uh, Jets drafted Zach Wilson, another questionable pick for me, in, in my opinion. All this hype around him is capped to me. Justin Fields somehow became, what was he, the fourth quarterback off the draft? The fourth? The fourth. That's unacceptable. That is very unacceptable to me, but we'll see. I think the Jets will fail. I thought you had a good second first round pick. The Jets, listen, the Jets always fail. It's not, I don't, it's not, a, I think it's the Jets will fail. So get it. So correct that, pal. Uh, that's number one. Number two, overall, the Jets did have a good draft. I don't want to spend too much time talking about them because they're still going to be a shit team next year. Um, I'm kind of with you. I'm not big on the Zach Wilson hype. I wanted the Jets to keep Sam Donald. But overall, I think Joe Douglas did a pretty damn good job. And all my friends and family who are Jets fans, um, we're very hyped and very excited for what the Jets were able to uh, get because it's not an original observation. I'll give I'll give uh, Mike Greenberg um, all the credit on ESPN, but essentially Joe Douglas got Zach Wilson 
more talent and more help to work with in year one than he ever than Sam Darnold ever had in three years with the Jets. Yeah, that's true. Um, but that's true. the Jets weren't the only winners. I mean, the Jaguars obviously got their guy. Uh, you know, we just put out grades on complex sports, so go check them out. Ian Warren, who does all our NFL draft coverage, has graded every team's uh, draft classes, um, and he had some high grades for the Browns. Chops, his Browns uh, got an A. They had a really good draft class. Browns, Jaguars got a, Browns were up got a, there. A C. They got a C Browns team. get a C for you. Why? I don't because Chops didn't show up today. That's what they get. <laughs> so they get demoted because of just because of his yep, absentee. His nobody, absentee nobody could get bad it. They get they get a C. And they'll be okay, so, so we know some of the winners. Again, it's dependent on how you grade stuff here and there. Some people have the Panthers high. Some people say the Bears should be high because of getting Justin Fields. Um, some people would rate the Patriots a little bit differently. We, a Complex Sports, again, with Ian Warren's gradings, had the Patriots a little bit lower. I think the C-plus range, if I remember correctly. But um, give me your biggest winner and your biggest loser for the draft there, Young Zion. Um, my biggest winner is, is a biased New York Giants just because we got another pick. Uh, we got another pick for next year. That's my biggest winner. I don't, I, I don't really care about anybody else because we had a solid draft, in my opinion. And David Gutterman is very underrated. But I will say this: this is the biggest loser, loser to me, the Dallas Cowboys, because there's a special place in hell for Jerry Jones and well, who's Howie, Howie, whatever his name is, the the Eagles owner. Yeah, they colluded to trade their picks just so the Giants. Couldn't get Devontae Smith. That was the worst. That was one of the sickest things I've ever seen in the NFL. Just pure sick act. The in-division trade was incredibly weird um, and unique uh, and added a, a wrinkle. I don't – I think you're given – you know, it's it's it, w- it was some weird wheeling and dealing for sure, something we may not see for a long time because it just definitely doesn't happen. And the Eagles, again, all the trading, all the wheeling and dealing, they just, just get the uh, Devontae – uh, Smith was really, really weird and really awkward. And but essentially, I guess he kind of, I guess with the Eagles maneuvering, essentially blocked the Giants from getting a crack at a higher end wide receiver. And you, I want to ask you, are you that happy with Kadarius Tony getting, having him to the roster when the Giants had some more obvious needs in the draft? People say it was a reach. I'm kind of fine with it because Kadarius Tony is kind of like watching him play. It's like he's not. He's kind of like the perfect receiver we need. He's flexible. He, you could play him in the slot. You could put him in the backfield for uh, special plays and whatnot. I think he's a perfect kind of weapon we need. He's fast, shifty. We don't really have that. Um, I think we have everything else with Galladay, Slayton. And so I think the Giants are going to be that offense. It depends on Daniel Jones, of course. We, 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 yeah. Of course. But that offense no, could be got- special. He's got some weapons to work with. Uh, the other teams that quickly impressed me before we kind of move off the draft because it's kind of been talked to death now at this point when this podcast comes out yeah, on Tuesday. True. But I thought the Dolphins did a good job. I like what they did, and it pains me because I've always hated the Dolphins only slightly less than the Patriots. Uh, but I thought the Dolphins had a really good draft getting Jalen Waddle and Jalen Phillips, who was a bit of a you know hit or miss with the injury history, but also the you know Eichenberg and the uh, the tackle uh, pick they got later on. But I like their draft haul. And another team that I thought low-key uh, did a pretty good job, too, um, was, listen, the Chargers, I thought, got obviously Rashawn Slater. Most people had him rated above Panay Sewell. It depends on how like crazy you want to get your draft Knicks and what they think about those guys. But I thought also getting Asante Sammy, which was um, which was a good pick for them. They need some cornerbacks. They have smaller cornerbacks here, some guys. I know Ian and, our, and, again, our complex sports gradings of all the teams didn't give the Chargers a high grade. 
would have given them a little bit higher than what Ian gave them, which is a B minus, but I like what they did. But the worst, the worst drafts, uh, the worst jobs have to go to the Packers for their continued shit show of not getting Aaron Rodgers any help. They can somehow convince him to stick around town. And then the Seahawks had the second fewest picks in a draft since 1967. Yeah, I didn't see anything from them. Yeah, they had three picks the entire draft. That was the fewest picks of any team, or the second fewest picks, I should say, since 1967. And if Russell Wilson is disgruntled the way Aaron Rodgers kind of is, and you're trying to get him help, and he desperately needs some help, um, you can't be doing that. So that was just a horrendously shitty job by the Seahawks. Uh, clearly Nasty. didn't have enough picks, didn't do enough wheeling and dealing to acquire some picks here and there, and didn't really add much to a roster that definitely needs a bit of infusion of talent. So um and also the Raiders. What the fuck are the Raiders doing? I, that's always, but that's that's that's, that's like that's, year that's in consistent. year out. That's, that's yeah, that's the same. That's taxes say, and John Gruden and Mike Mayock doing stupid shit. So those are those are my those are some winners and uh, losers right there for me. I will say we are getting old if we just watched Asante Samuel Jr. get drafted. That is not, that is crazy. That is crazy. And Patrick Sertan uh, Jr. also the, the second. So it's like yeah, all these yeah. all these young guys, or these these uh, guys who had really good NFL careers, seeing their sons come in. Um, I'm significantly older than you, so you shouldn't feel that old, pal, but it definitely makes me feel a bit older now. I am old. But, yeah, next topic we, we got to talk about is uh, the NBA, obviously. Obviously, a lot of Bucks fans were in my mentions yesterday. As um, they should be. They shouldn't have been. Uh, they, why shouldn't they have been? Giannis absolutely annihilated the Nets, and you cannot play him one-on-one the way the Nets did. That was egregious. <sighs> You need more help. Giannis, go ahead. Explain, Giannis, explain, Giannis, defend your team. Go ahead. This was my tweet that went viral yesterday. I said, Giannis dropped 50. Kyrie couldn't buy a bucket. He was fasting. He's not empty stomach. Can't drink or eat. James Harden. There was no James Harden. They had 16 turnovers. And the Bucks won by three points. Okay. By three points. And... Can we can we actually count down, write down Giannis for dropping 49 points against the Nets every single time and hitting five threes? No, you can't you can't put him down for that, but you also can't if you're gonna face the Bucks in the post. And listen, I'm gonna put it this caveat here. Everything we've seen in the regular season and what we're going to see down the stretch with still guys missing and everything like that, like it's really tough to put a lot of stock in the NBA regular season, especially this one, which has been the craziest and weirdest of all time, um, and have it f- translate into definitive you know, takes and observations and, and outcomes, if you will, in the postseason. So I'm not going to go too crazy about what the, Net- what the Bucks and Nets did on Sunday, and they're playing again on Tuesday night um, in a rematch. So, But it should be noted that it's probably not ideal to guard – Giannis one-on-one the way the Nets did. And he may not hit five threes and he may not go for 49 points. And he may not shoot as, a, as efficiently as he did on Sunday. But you got to put another guy on him and you can't let him run wild. And the mid-range game is improving and he is a little bit better shooter and he is still a force to deal with. And again, if the Nets are going to face the Bucks in the playoffs, they ain't allowing him to – they ain't going to have him on one-on-one. They're going to need plenty of help and need to have guys Listen. flash and, and, and just give someone else a little bit of help because – the Nets, I mean, again, it'll be a different story that. when Harden's back in the lineup, but Christ, that was a he Giannis worked. He ki- who killed DeAndre Jordan and, and I think and Blake lived with that. You no, he didn't actually kill Blake. The uh, that up and under Blake, he had was very that nice. That was cool, but but Blake actually did a pretty good job on him. If you look at the numbers, I think he scored thirty nine of his points against DeAndre Jordan and Blake he was actually like maybe one for four, one for three, like but I think at the end of the day, we're not worried about that because if Giannis 
if we go into a playoff series, Giannis is not hitting four threes. He's not hitting every jumper like he did yesterday. No, that's going to come back. To you're going to force him to shoot and beat you from outside. He did it so yesterday. I'm, if if Giannis, let's say, scored 36 yesterday, I think the Nets win comfortably. So like they needed all of those points, and adding the fact that Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday shot the lights out the ball too, I think. That's not, <laughs> I'm not worried about that. Even, I know they do play today, like when the podcast comes out again. I'm hoping the Nets rest their players because I do not want to show them too much anyway. Um, I, I'd be fine with losing again, but I'm not, I'm not scared of the Bucks. I am not scared of the Bucks. I think Philly is still a worse matchup for us. Uh, that's a fair assessment. Uh, again, no one's going to trust the Bucks until they actually do anything in, in the postseason. So I get that 100%. Um, and again, the point I wanted to make before going on the little spiel about how the Nets defended Giannis was that, yeah, it's really tough to put a lot of stock into this. And the other thing we mentioned again, no James Harden for the Nets, who hopefully will be back by the playoffs. But I mean, who fucking knows now with his hamstring? So yeah, you can't, you can't put a ton of stock into it. It was a great performance by Giannis. I don't recommend guarding him one-on-one. He's probably not going to beat you with jump shooting the way he did time and time again, but that was a hell of a performance on Sunday. And, uh, yes, you are accurate and and correct and not going too crazy and overreacting over obviously one regular season NBA game. Um, that really isn't going to matter in a few weeks anyway. And, and, and those nuts Bucks, Bucks fans talking about, uh, you can't expect Katie to drop 42 every, I can expect Kevin Durant to drop 42 uh, you can points sign up, whenever You can sign up for wants. Kevin Durant. Yes. You can <laughs> sign up for Kevin Durant dropping 30 pretty easily and 40, as we've seen with this Nets team is easily, easily, easily attainable for him anytime he wants. Like that, like he, and I don't even think he, he was on yesterday. He took 30 shots. Usually he's a, if he's going to score 40, he might do it in 20 shots. I mean, shots. listen, Giannis, Giannis scored 49 and 38 shots. It wasn't like, you know, he shot well, but like that's, that's volume shooting right there. That's a lot. I mean, Christ, yeah. his usage rate, I think was almost 50% for the game. That's insane. That's yeah, fucking nuts. Right. But that, that there's, there's bigger problems, I think, than, than the Nets in the NBA right now. I think the biggest problems is the Lakers. The, are the Lakers in trouble? The Lakers are now uh, in the sixth spot, I believe, but tied for the same record as the Blazers in the seventh they spot. They have the tiebreaker over the Blazers right now. Yep, they have the tiebreaker. They also play the Blazers. They also play the Clippers, I think the Nuggets, the Blazers. Lakers have an incredibly tough Knicks. schedule down the stretch. Yeah, their, yep. their final eight or nine games, I think they have a bunch of back-to-backs too. They have one of the hardest schedules in the NBA, and they need to get their shit together ASAP because I think they've lost, what, six of seven, Young Zion? Yep, and I think and and we just found out today, Monday, that Dennis Schroeder is out for the next fourteen games, and the well fourteen days, fourteen, 14 days. days. So he's ba- basically days. back to the playoffs. And the Lakers are on five without Dennis Schroeder this year. They look horrible against the Raptors without Dennis Schroeder. Kyle Lowry ate them alive, made them feel sorry for not trading for him. Y'all didn't want to give up Taylor Horton Tucker for Kyle Lowry, and now you paid for it. So without Dennis Schroeder, are the Lakers in trouble? To answer your question, I'm not going again. I'm not going to go crazy here. Even if they make in the, even if they you know slip into the playing tournament, which LeBron rightfully shit on. Um, I hate the playing tournament, and LeBron making fun of whoever came up with this idea in the NBA front office was <laughs> an excellent move by LeBron's part. I hate this goddamn novelty thing. I'm sure it'll be fun when it happens, but the idea of just making shittier teams eligible for the playoffs to me is a bad move by the NBA. But anyway, um, getting off topic here. Should the Lakers worry a little bit? 
Yeah, I think they should be a little bit worried. It's still like to, to figure out how to use Drummond properly with AD back now and LeBron finally back in the lineup and then not having Schroeder, who obviously has been humming along and playing pretty decently, all things considered, for the Lakers, um, and not having what's going to be a key piece until basically uh, the playoffs. And you can, at this point, say, what, Schroeder is the third most important Laker on the team, right? Is that is that a fair assessment to say, yeah, Young Zion? I think so. I, I don't yeah, think so. It's like, I, can you say, are they? Is should you be concerned about the Lakers? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I'm not worried about them. Like, you know, again, we've seen LeBron turn the switch on way too many goddamn times to be that worried about this. Um, and who knows, even if they do make it into the playing tournament, maybe he'll just be extra pissed about having to be there and absolutely sun whatever team they end up playing in the seventh, you know, seven, eight game or whatever the case is. But I'd be concerned. Yeah, I mean, they that was a bad loss to the Kings on Friday night. And you, you know how many fucking Raptors were missing from the lineup on Sunday? Like, yeah. They had half the goddamn team was out. Yeah, (laughs) Raptors had nobody other than other than Siakam and Lowry. None of their key, none of their key guys. I mean, essentially, Boucher down the line were available, and it was a really piss poor performance from the Lakers. So I would be concerned a little bit. I'm not. I wouldn't be worried. I wouldn't be panicked. Um, But you should be concerned. Yeah, and I think uh, the biggest thing for them too is that playing game is dangerous. Number one, the play game is awful. LeBron was right. LeBron was completely right. Whoever uh, made it needs to be fired. But I'm not going to lie to you. That playing game is going to be really fire to watch because it becomes March Madness all over again. No, I mean, we'll all get hyped for when it happens, especially if it's a good matchup. But I'm saying, like, the novelty of it, like, to me, like, I don't need to have, like, the the, the shitty, you know, Western Conference team still vying for a play-in spot, yeah. the Pacers being alive but, in the but East. Like, not even I don't that, need to have any of this shit. Not even that. It's, it's like, yo, these guys, their teams are – Worked hard to get to the seventh seed, and now there's not even there's not only a chance that you drop down to an eight seed. There's a chance you miss the playoffs if you lose yeah. two games, and 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 I I hate the way they make the seventh seed play the eight seed first to determine who's the eight seed, and then they play the winner of the the nine ten game. That's a terrible format, and it just it just you can your whole season can end with two games. Two well, you know games. it's a terrible format. It's a confusing format for people. Like you have to read the rules a couple times. At least I did to kind of fully understand when they came out with this shit. Yeah. Back, you know, basically months and months ago. Um, I just hate the idea that again you're you're prolonging shittier teams being relevant. And I get that you're gonna you technically make those games between these shitty teams vying for a, a spot in the top ten. It's technically more relevant basketball because it means more. But like I don't need to see again these awful teams still being relevant and playing deep into the season. And even though the novelty of this March Madness like thing for the NBA for the first time ever or the second time ever because it debuted last summer, um, we'll get into it. We'll be high for it. We'll all be glued to our TVs. I'm just like, I like to me. It kind of like there's a there's a good argument to say that this devalues the regular season like even a little bit more. And the NBA has a regular season problem, which we've talked about on the podcast previously. And I don't think this playing tournament comes anywhere close to uh, fixing it or even moderately, you know, uh, checking off one of the things that have to be done to fix the regular season. So LeBron shitting on the playing tournament was my favorite thing from this weekend. Adam Silver is definitely still grinning ear to ear because if the Lakers are in the playoff game, Oh, do massive! It'll do massive oh ratings. It'll be great God. for the NBA. So, like, I'm sure the I'm sure the league office here in New York, up in up in Park Avenue, is rooting for the Lakers to get the seven seed because the ratings for that would be through the roof. And to see LeBron in this do or die situation, well, potentially a do or die situation, um, would be riveting. But um, yeah, we're, you and I, young Zyner on Team LeBron, fuck the playing tournament at least until we get to it. Yes, yes. But either way, uh, my Nets are comfortably already clinched the playoff spot. We will be comfortably watching that game at home. 
but yeah, we got a big podcast to get to a big, uh, a big guest, man, a big guest, uh, Chops' favorite guest of all time, Baker Mayfield. Um, just for context, because Chops was actually supposed to provide the context. Baker Mayfield, uh, I had smoke for. I had a lot of smoke for Baker Mayfield. But Chops did not set up the smoke. Chops was supposed to throw the alley-oop, and I was going to windmill it. But he never threw the alley-oop because he got scared. And that's not my fault. So I know I've had smoke for Baker Mayfield all season. But I didn't get to display it because of Chops. Just putting that disclaimer out there. Very important disclaimer because, yes, we were we were waiting on pins and needles for you to, again, confront the not washed QB, but the mid QB, as you've called him over the, the, mid, over the, the last several years, QB. the mid. But unfortunately, we didn't get to that. But otherwise, a pretty good conversation with uh, Baker Mayfield. Talk football, talk UFOs, talk Sasquatch and some other stuff. Um, so it was cool that he got to finally roll through. And obviously, this will go down as one of Chops' uh, favorite podcasts of all time. Or podcast interviews, I should say, because he ain't on this podcast that much. Yeah, yeah. Doing his own thing out there in Nebraska cornfields. But let's get to this Baker interview. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue nile.com you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Uh, so, Baker, let's talk about this body armor, body armor campaign. One more. Uh, we've seen the commercial. It looks amazing. Star-studded. Uh, what's kind of, you've been with body armor a while. So what does this particular campaign mean to you? And kind of that one more mantra, you know, we all know you, you, you get that grind in you're, you know, you're out there like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I first by, you know, saying that I was a huge Kobe Bryant fan. So that's, that's really how, um, I was introduced to the brand and the company. Um, and then that's why I tried it and honestly just fell in love with the product. And then it, it escalated from there, wound up. My marketing manager, Chris Talbot, wound up connecting us with uh, the people at Body Armor. And I'm extremely thankful because it's, you know, the one more mentality, you know, obviously this is a, a new campaign, but for somebody that, uh, you know, I've been very proud of how I've gotten here. You know, my journey wasn't the easiest one. So it's always been about working extremely hard, one more rep, one more this and that. But uh, when it comes to the actual product, you know, it's, as the years have gone on, I've learned more and more of, you know, what is exactly essential into putting into my body. And so the right food, the right hydration, and obviously, you know, that's, that's the thing with body armor and, uh, you know, no artificial, uh, you know, sweeteners, none of that. It's all great, great stuff packed with electrolytes, coconut water. I mean, it's just, it's perfect for, you know, my job and it's plain and simple. Uh, you've been in a lot of commercials. We all know that. Is this the, is this the best? I don't want to say best because you've had some some good ones. Is this this is easily the most star studded though? 
usually it's not you know you're, you're with you're not with other people usually like but like you got Harden in this yeah we got you know Trey Young we got everybody in this one yeah you know the the ones that are the most fun are, are the ones you get to do with a lot of people and so like the Nissan yeah. Heisman House commercials are great but those are all uh, guys yeah, that are just yeah. within within the college football range this is this is people that mm-hmm. has such a wide variety of fans and such an impact that uh it's it's very exciting to be a part of it i mean you talk about sabrina trey james uh mookie i mean you you think about just a few of the names that are involved uh in this commercial it's it's pretty impressive working with all these guys you did in this campaign do you, have you gotten a chance to kind of peek their excuse me uh pick their brains a little bit and talk to them about their success because obviously you know the guys in the body armor uh roster are you know stars in other sports so you just named them off so just wonder if you got a ta- chance to talk to them about success and you know their kind of you know hints about how to really make it into and the burst through um you know while working with them um no not exactly I mean that's something i really do want to do um i mean including like naomi i mean she's young and absolutely yeah. killing it right now. I mean, I've been close with Christian McCaffrey for a while, but uh, I would love to talk to some of the guys like James and Mookie um, that are older and have, you know, been seasoned a little bit and gone through some good and bad times just to, you know, pick their brain on that. But, but I think that's the best part about body armor. It just, it unites a ton of people uh, for a great cause. Definitely. Definitely. Baker, I don't know if you can see the shirt. <laughs> I see. Right. Oh, here we go. Let's run a podcast for the viewers. Here Let them know what go. you're wearing, Chops. I'm wearing my 1994 Vintage Brown shirt. Baker, last time I interviewed you, it was on a Body Armor bus in Cleveland yep. in a thunderstorm. Oh, yeah. Um, we're obviously coming off. We're coming off a big season. Wait, wait, wait. First, so, so Baker, you remember him? Oh, yeah. On the RV. <laughs> he came on he came oh, out of the QBRV. Damn. Yeah. We did the whole feature and everything. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it was awesome. We had it decked out and all Body Armor stuff. Yeah, you got the dice and everything. It was fun. There was like board games on there. It was, it was hilarious. It was like just randomly parked in downtown Cleveland. Like, yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> it's just our it's our way of getting out during training camp and the QBRV. <laughs> right. So Baker, we're coming off a big season. How are we feeling? How's the off season going? What's uh? I know you talked to the media yesterday, but you mm-hmm. know, I sometimes you know you don't want to give them everything. We're a little bit cooler than some of the people you probably <laughs> talk to on the media call. So, so how are we feeling right now? I feel great right now. Um, you know, I just, just been training, you know, getting everything going a little bit earlier. I think I finally found a, a successful routine for, for me during the last off season. Um, mm-hmm. And so was just able to get that started earlier. Like I started working with the trainer that, you know, I'm going to keep for a long time. Uh, he, he's been great. CJ McFarland, he's down there in Texas, but uh, started working with him in like late, May, early June of last off season. And this year I was able to get started with them uh, mid-March. So, I mean, I have, I have months of a head start on it. And so, and that's been great for me. You know, I can, I can continue the process of, you know, my nutrition plan and obviously hydration, but then getting started with CJ earlier on uh, is only going to be more beneficial. And you got, uh, obviously one of my probably favorite players, uh, Odell returning this year. Um, How big is it? To kind of, you know, we, we heard all the, the nonsense really that, okay, when Odell left, you guys started click, clicking last year. How uh, are you guys going to, you know, try to figure, figure, uh, figure, get on the same page this year and uh, excel with Odell in the offense as well? Yeah, no, for me, it was uh, learning a new offense. <clears throat> Everybody was last year and we didn't have an actual offseason. We learned everything over Zoom meetings. And so there were no reps uh, 
in the beginning. And so we were learning as we were going on. And I think you saw the biggest difference in our success as a team from the first half of the year to the second half because we were more comfortable within the system. And it just so happened that the timing of when he got hurt was around about the halfway mark. It was week seven. So it was just unfortunate. We had a bye week at, right after our eighth game and we're able to sit down and kind of, you know, pick apart what we were doing well, what we weren't and what we needed to do. And so it, it was unfortunate timing wise, but, you know, with it going into the same system this year, not having to learn a new one, I think, you know, we're both excited. I talked to him, his rehab's going well, and we're both excited to hit the ground running whenever he's uh, ready to roll. Did did I read this correctly, that this is the first time you've had a head coach for two straight years since Bob Stoops? Is that possible? Yep. That, how is that same possible? Yeah. How is that possible? Uh, it's just weathered the storm a little bit. You know, like I said, it hadn't been the journey that I uh, exactly would have drawn up, but it I wouldn't change it. I think it's made me have to experience uh, a lot more different personalities, but definitely a lot more change and, and learning. And I think, you know, when you have to put yourselves in different shoes uh, each day, I think that's good for you. Definitely, definitely. Adam, you, Adam's a big UFO guy. You want to ask about the UFO? <laughs> well, no, no. Since you did bring it up, or the media brought up with you when you had that session, Baker, uh, with them the other day, you met, you know, they asked you about the UFOs. You said you saw a UFO, you and your wife coming back home from dinner one night. You also mentioned, though, that you believe in Sasquatch. And I'm curious, have you seen a Sasquatch? Because UFOs are one thing, but a Sasquatch in the Cleveland area, I'm not from there. Chops can chime in about this. But I believe I, a Sasquatch sighting in the Cleveland area would be a little tough to come by. So I want to hear your uh, thoughts on Sasquatch. Cleveland isn't exactly Squatch territory, if we're going to yeah. be honest. So, uh, no, I, I've always been a big fan of Sasquatch. I uh, So much that I almost had my brother plan my bachelor party to go up, like, northwest, uh, like, Oregon, Washington area. And we were going to go camping and try and find Sasquatch, but that didn't happen. Uh, so I don't know. I've just always been intrigued by it. I definitely do believe in UFOs. My whole family, pretty much every birthday or Christmas, there's some sort of gift with uh, Sasquatch being involved. It's, it's, it's a pretty funny <laughs> joke go. for them. They, they like to poke fun, but um, I enjoy it. So what did you actually see that night, though? I wanted, like, what did you actually see? Describe what you saw. Yeah, so I'm, I'm driving. We have the music going. Um, and Emily, my wife, is sitting in the passenger seat. She's on her phone. Uh, nighttime so it's dark you know like when you're looking down at your phone and the screen's bright everything else is dark but like that's all you can mm -hmm. see and so music's going there's a just a giant like white gold circle going straight down like perfectly straight no there's nothing trailing it like i've seen comets i've seen shooting stars this thing was massive and going straight down and where it was like right over the hill by the lake and i was like oh my gosh so I turned the music down and it even caught Emily's attention, even though she had the phone right there, because that's how bright and big it was. Turn the music down. We kind of looked at each other like, did you just see that? And like, oh, my gosh, like we for sure just saw a UFO. And so put it out there, just kind of hoping that would have some responses of, uh, you know, clarification that we weren't absolutely crazy. And I think just with everything going on, so many more sightings, you know, the Navy capturing something, uh, you know, and, yes. and them saying, you know, it's real and they have the same sightings too. It was a, it was a pretty shocking moment because it wasn't like we were going out looking for them. It just happened. Did you have to, did you shoot Brady a text and say, thank you for, <laughs> for backing you up? Because Coward had to have been just, he just trolls you at this point. I'm pretty sure. I have no idea. He has to be just trolling you, but Brady got him really good with that tweet. No, I, I definitely appreciate Tom coming in for the rest of you on that one. Uh, it, it's, it's funny to see, you know, 
because I, I know Aaron Rodgers is a believer too. I know that for a fact. Um, oh yeah, it, it's what, just what, funny what, to what, see. Wait, what, are, what are other NFL guys are believers out here? Who else? Who else is texting you in the UFO thread? Uh, I'm pretty much at this point. I think most of my teammates are just giving me a hard time, so I'm not real <laughs> sure. But uh, it, it's funny to see the media people react in such a way that like I'm going out looking for UFOs instead of training. <laughs> like, like, like no, you jackasses! I'm still doing my stuff. I was so that's the next thing Power's going to use against you is that your UFO searching. <laughs> he, all the did. Time. he did. He did use it. He did use it. <laughs> It's uh, it's entertaining, but you know what? I, I've always been who I am, and if, if you don't like that, that's all right. Baker, I know the contract stuff. I know you're going to let it play out, do do you kind of thing, but is it on your mind at all? Like, say Josh Allen gets whatever in two weeks. Does that matter at all to you, or you're just like you're you're locked in on yourself type thing? No, I'm, I'm completely locked in, and I, I do genuinely mean that because, like I, I said yesterday to the media, if, if we win games, everything will take care of itself. And, you know, that that's some of that stuff is out of my control because it, it's so far down the road and the agents and GMs and everybody else handles that. So if I play well and we win games, that's that's what matters. Uh, and you know, that's the mentality that I've always tried to have. But I'd, I'd be real happy for Josh and Lamar. Obviously, they're uh, two of the next guys in line, uh, you know, timing wise for this next contract. But whatever happens, happens. I, I want everybody to you know be successful when it comes down to it. Isn't it nuts that you're like, I, did you see the graphic that like the last like 10 number one picks, be, like you and before you, like none of the guys are on their team anymore, like quarterbacks? I did find that pretty interesting, um, but I I definitely am like the youngest one on that list when they did say that. So, yeah, of course, of course, of course. So let me ask you this question, though, Baker. How come at like half of the quarterbacks who are taking the first round or like at the league in, in a handful of years? Can you kind of put your finger on why it's so difficult for teams to project these guys being successful and why essentially if five quarterbacks can be taken in the draft, we're doing this a day before, a couple of days before the draft, but like two or three of these guys are going to be, you know, failure is kind of a strong word, but obviously aren't going to be around in five years. Like why is it so difficult for teams to hit on these quarterbacks? You know, I, every situation is different and there's, there's some bad ones, that's for sure. And how you weather that storm, how you handle those challenges um, and when it comes down to it, if, if you're a quarterback, however you say or lead, that's the way it goes. And so even if the rest of the building might not agree with you, if you are yourself and you show why you were picked that high or why you were brought to the town and you show those things and, and you get the guys in the locker room to believe around that, that's the most important thing. And if every situation is different, there, there's, everybody's got different agendas. And I just think, uh, it's not fair for me to directly compare, but there's some tough situations that guys walk into, but, uh, you have to be extremely mentally tough, uh, and strong to be able to weather those storms. Can I just thank you for the Pittsburgh wildcard win? Like, that's not a question. I just want to say thank you. You're welcome, Josh. I was, I was so nervous that entire game. I, I was tweeting and I was like, I was like, no lead is safe. You guys were up like 35 to 7. I was like, I don't believe I, I can't do it. I'm so nervous. No, it was uh it was definitely fun. You know, it was it was different because, you know, our head coach wasn't there. We were missing a bunch of guys. Uh so <laughs> it's crazy. Very limited fans. So it was just like our locker room, like was just like nobody's given us a chance and we believed. And uh that was a fun one. What uh, what what's the outlook for this next season? What what are we what are we looking for? Obviously, you're already training. 
Are you are you guys going to get together, throw this summer, kind of do a little? Obviously, the NFLPA, it, it's like unclear on what's going to happen with that. But are you planning to get the guys together, type thing? Absolutely. You know, we have to start that foundation to you know to build to where we want to go, where we want to go. Excuse me. Uh, but it, it's for me, it's the the notion of everybody's going to try and set expectations for us. But as long as we put the work in uh, and take it one day at a time, I think when we when we look up in the end, I think we'll be where we want to be. But, you know, it, it doesn't just happen just because we have a talented roster with the same system and, and some continuity. We have to put the work in it and, and go accomplish it. Thank you, man. Thanks, Baker. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Baker. See you. Appreciate Baker Mayfield for coming through. Um, hopefully they have a great season this year with Odell back. Uh, we'll see about that. Uh, Chops is not here to defend them, but I'm telling you, the Cleveland Browns will be going what's oh 17 games. They will be going eight and nine next year. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that would be a glorious, glorious thing. But I don't think it's gonna happen. We need the Browns it. will be better than that. We need we it. It'd need be great. It. It'd be great for content. I just don't think it's gonna happen. I think they're better than that. <laughs> yeah, they did get did, did they did they uh Davion Clowney? That's that's official, right? Uh yes, I, unless I'm, my memory completely has failed me, I believe Jadavion Clowney yes is part good, of good for them. the good. Cleveland Browns. Good, good for them. Good for them. Uh, but yeah, we have a new segment to get to. Wait, wait real uh, quick, so. real quick, real quick, before we get to the new segment, is Baker Mayfield still a mid quarterback? Yes, Baker Mayfield is still very mid quarterback. Okay, uh, just checking. great game just manager. Double checking. Just get a great game manager. He's in the elite tier of game managers. But in my opinion, game managers are mid because they can't dominate the game. But Blaker, appreciate you coming on, my guy. Uh, next time you come on, I have a little bit more smoke for you. Guaranteed. Once Chop sets, sets it up. But we got a new segment to get into. You guys sent your hot takes via Instagram on Complex Sports on our IG story. And uh, every week or any week we can get to it, we will answer and respond to some of your hot takes. We'll give a, we'll give you some Instagram clout. Number one, follow me on Instagram. Zion LJ, just my name, you know. Holler at me. You can follow Shameless, disgusting plug as usual. I'm giving you a plug too. Stop it. I don't need I'm one. Giving, That's okay, pal. Because you're verified. He's verified. He wants to act all Hollywood and whatnot. But yeah, y'all sent in y'all takes. We're going to rate them. We're going to talk about them. And, you know, some of them are a little trash. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Some of them are trash. But we got to talk right, so about it. Put some people on blast here, pal. Let's go. We got the first person. It's underscore at Essie. E-S-S-I-E. She says, Steph Curry is the MVP. She is wrong. She is very wrong. <laughs> Steph Curry is not even, Steph Curry is not a top three candidate MVP. He's a top five candidate. I'll give you that. I'll give you top five. Is Steph he? Curry is not the MVP. Yes, he is. He should be a top five. Is should he be? Go a, are we? Give me, are give we me, go ahead. Real quick, give me a top five good? MVPs. Real quick. All right, uh, top five MVPs. Obviously, Jokic probably winning it. Number one, number two is Embiid. That's clear. Number three, I'm still putting Giannis in there because he's still. Okay. He's been the most durable superstar in the NBA. Um, number four. See, this is where it gets a little. I got to put one of the Chris Paul or, or Devin Booker. I got to put in there because it the should Suns, be Chris Paul. It, Chris Paul then because the Suns have been ridiculous all year and they're overachieving and they're having a great season. So I think they deserve their flowers. 
The number five spot is where I'm going to. I think I think a Brooklyn Net deserves a <laughs> deserves you a top are, no, five. No, just shut up, shut up, shut I the think, fuck up. No, this is, no, no, Brooklyn no, Net deserves zero consideration for this award. <laughs> zero consideration. It be Kyrie, None of them have played be, a fucking game. How does a Net deserve any consideration? Harden, they, they one of them deserve a spot because they've been dominating all year without each other. So like. What, a disgusting, them, deplorable take as usual from Young Zion. What, what, you were but, get but the you hand know what, You pal. know what? You know what? But here's I, I don't really add it in my head. So this is on the fly. I'm just thinking of it. I would put Julius Randle over Seth Curry in MVP. Uh, debatable. Julius Randle should be in the top five. So good that you actually have some sense and wits about you and amended your um, top five MVP uh, list right there. I'm going to give you mine real quick. Uh, again, Steph Curry, definitely not number one, does not deserve MVP. It should be Jokic because he's been there the entire season, basically hasn't missed any games and putting up historic numbers. My number two would be Chris Paul, which some people may think is too high for Chris Paul, but the Suns have overachieved. Paul has been absolutely ridiculous. He's, what, 35, 36 years old. He shouldn't be doing this shit at this age. He's been incredible. Number three is Embiid. If he played more games, I probably would have him number one or really, really close to Jokic um, in like 1B, but he hasn't, he's, hasn't played enough games. Number four. I probably would take Steph here. And then number five, I'm going to put Julius Randle because I think he deserves that top five consideration. And I think he probably should be first team All-NBA. If not, he definitely deserves second team All-NBA. But you can make a serious, serious consideration for Julius Randle first team All-NBA. But my whole thing with Steph is Steph has been great. Steph has been unreal at points. But the Warriors still not winning. No. The Warriors just they're, they're, they're I, not I mean, a, they'd be atrocious without him. We all get that. But, like, yeah. I mean, he hasn't lifted this team up the same way. And, he, again, he doesn't have the help of some other guys. So you, you take it, you know, there's context involved here. But I, I'm kind of with you, too. It's like the, the Warriors haven't been, uh, you know, have, have been incredibly inconsistent and really shitty as of late. And even though Steph's incredible run, like, we haven't seen them skyrocket up the, up the standings. Um, so I, I, I want to value and give guys who have – allow their teams to be safe in the playoffs and in the Nuggets case with Jokic in the top three of the standings in the West um, and still doing incredible shit. I mean, what are they nine and one since Murray left the, uh, since Murray had the ACL tear, they still, like they've they been still, t- like the, the, in that case, Jokic should wrap up the MVP as of right now, just, just off of that, off of losing his second best player and the Nuggets still keeping it moving. Um, Jokic to me should wrap it up and Steph Curry. I'm sorry. Uh, Instagram commenter, Essie, Steph Curry ain't the MVP. <laughs> Next one. We have Shrazi, S-H-R-O-Z-Z-I-E, one, two, three. He says, Justin Fields should have gone second. Uh, I guess he meant before Zach Wilson. I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I I mean, there are plenty of uh, value. Well, I mean, it depends on which NFL uh draft you know uh, uh professional prognosticator you want to believe in and which guys who watch a shit ton of film you want to trust more than others some guys had zach wilson i mean chris sims of you know of nbc had like zach wilson as his like number one guy over trevor lawrence other guys had justin fields ranked above zach wilson um I don't want to pick these guys apart because I've read so many goddamn mock drafts and evaluations of these guys that I'm sick of this. But I don't think your assessment based on Fields' over-athletic ability and what he did at Ohio State, um, I think that's a legitimate statement to make. And there are plenty of Jets fans I can attest to that would have liked to have had Fields over Zach Wilson. But we'll mm, find out. Justin Fields going to make y'all pay. I hope he makes y'all pay so Listen, bad. The Jets, the Jets always pick the wrong individual. So Zach Wilson will be an absolute failure. And he will never attain any near superstar stats because that's what happened when you become a Jets quarterback. So condolences to Zach Wilson and his family. 
you will probably fail miserably. I don't want you to. As a Jets fan, I'd love to see you actually succeed. But knowing the history of this franchise, misery happens inevitably, and he will be a failure. And the Jets, I'm sure, will be picking another top five quarterback in a handful of years, sadly, because that's what happens when you play and root for the Jets. J-E-T-S, just end the season. Next up, we got D D underscore Grenada, G-R-A-N-A-D-A. He says, the Bucs will get eliminated a second year in a row by the Miami Heat, this time in the first round. Hmm, that's a hot take. Why don't you tackle that Mm. one first there, pal? Well, the Bucks are right now in the three seed. I think the Heat are in the six seed, so that's the only way it's happening. Because I don't, I don't see the the Buck, the Heat dropping further for the rest of the year. Um, that's a tough one. It depends on health. I think Victor Oladipo has to be healthy for sure. Um, if you don't have Oladipo, you have no chance. No chance. The Heat have no chance. And the Bucks have way more help this year. It's not. It's not a. Like last year's team, like Drew Holiday is was a great pickup for them. People people were telling me yesterday that he locked up Kyrie. He did a solid job on Kyrie, but Kyrie he didn't eat, bro. I'm, Kyrie's gonna get his against anyone in the NBA. It, it, it doesn't once, matter. Once he has a full meal uh, post Ramadan, then you know I, I'll, I'll judge it correctly. But I think I think the Bucks have the the, the power to knock out the heat this year. Um, I don't think it's happening. I don't think it's the same heat team either. But I know. will say this. That statement is completely legitimate. Uh, again, as we said earlier, we until the Bucks actually do it and beat good teams in the postseason, we're not going to believe they can do it. And the heat, despite all the struggles and the fact they barely had anyone in the lineup on a consistent basis, if they get some semblance of health um, and have a full complement of guys for what potentially could be, again, a 3-6 matchup in the first round, yeah, 100% they're live underdog, and I wouldn't be surprised if they picked him off either because until Mike Buttonholzer makes adjustments in the postseason, which he hasn't done with the Bucks in his first two years, um, it's probably more of the same. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's that's a legitimate, legitimate upset that could easily, easily happen, and no one would be surprised if that happened. I will say, I will say, I don't think it's even, I don't even think it would be even close because I think a big part of last year, if last year was outside of the bubble, I think the Bucks win that series. Because why do you say to, that? They're going to Milwaukee. You have the home court advantage. You have the travel and whatnot, and I think that all plays into, and also the bubble. You were just in the same gym every, every game, pretty much the same spot, shooting from the same spots on the court. You got the familiarity. I say, I say the the, the Bucks won in five this year. They won in five because it's a real playoff atmosphere. A little bit, not not all the fans, but. Uh, it's it's significantly different. Listen, I think the closeness that the Heat had allowing themselves to get, uh, you know, kind of just enmeshed in the bubble. And obviously the Bucks are pretty distracted down the bubble for a lot of reasons um, with all the stuff that was going on in Milwaukee and Kenosha last summer um, or last fall, I should say. Uh, I think it'd be a little bit different this year, but don't discredit. Like, again, if Miami's healthy, they haven't they've barely been healthy at all this year. If they can get their shit together and have some semblance of health going into the postseason, they could be a really, really live underdog in the first round or two. And I guess the last one we got is uh I don't know how to pronounce this Vadim dot Torain V A D I M dot T O U R A I N E. He's got a hot take. He says Aaron jo- Aaron Rodgers is the QB GOAT when you disregard resume. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean though? I need more context here. 
I think he's kind of saying if Aaron, if you take out the championships from Brady and go strictly based off of how they play as a quarterback, Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT. Uh, like what are you talking like sheer talent as a quarterback? I guess he's talking sheer talent. Arm talent. I mean, if you're going sheer talent, then I could say Michael Vick is the GOAT quarterback. No. Michael Vick did Michael Vick had If you're talking skill, just singularly if you're talking skills. just singularly, if you're talking singularly like at their peak athletic skills and the talent they could bring to a game. I, Aaron Rodgers is an incredible, obviously, quarterback now for 16 years. He's done in, incredible stuff. He's going to go down as one of the all-time greats, um, and I think he should be considered the, the greatest quarterback in Packers history. But if you're going on sheer talent, again, we need, we need more context in the, in, the, in the comment to give this you know, its proper, I guess, argument here. But if you're going on sheer talent, there's guys who have had way more just overall, again, talent with their running ability, their arm, like a lot of shit that you could technically put over Rodgers. But again, what metric and how specific are you getting when it comes to taking out resumes? There's, we're missing some context here, but I could make a case talent-wise, athletic, especially when it comes to just sheer athleticism, that, no, there's other guys that you would take over Rodgers in a, you know, for a, a one-on-one situation. Who? Who? I just, I said it. Like, again, depending on what the argument here is. But, is if we're talking about, but if we're talking about straight skill and talent. Yeah. Who? Again, I just named one. Michael Vick is not more talented than Aaron Rodgers. <sighs> Running wise, yes, his arm is uh, no. Yeah, yeah. Vick He's, again. Vick is never going to come close. The resume and the and I get what he did in the NFL is never going to come close to Aaron Rodgers, a hundred percent. But again, I'm just taking in a sheer vacuum in terms of his ability of 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 him to put up incredible stats and make incredible ridiculous plays with his feet and with his arm. Mike Vick, you could with, consider up there in terms of you know yeah. talent, but I get that obviously with how Rodgers has been incredible over 16 years and can pick up our defenses and decipher shit much faster and process information in ways few guys have historically. I get that, but athletically speaking, they're just playing athletically, guys that can put up. but athletically is for wide receivers. You boy, Lamar Jackson, we can put up right there athletically. Not with, uh, over Aaron Rodgers. There's I would thing. still pick Aaron Rodgers over Lamar Jackson. I get that, but I'm just saying again, I, I, I'm kind of. I'm kind of bastardizing this uh, argument a little bit yeah, here. Yeah. You're it's making it way more complicated. You're, well, you're, I need more context it, here, pal. You're talking about Michael Vick and Aaron Rodgers, bro. Aaron Rodgers. Get specific. Has, get specific in these Instagram comments, I, all right? Get I, mad specific. I, yeah, get get specific. But but you you were wilding over there talking about Michael Vick. Uh, Aaron Rodgers can still run too. Like Aaron, he can't run Aaron like Mike Rodgers, Vick, pal. He can't run Mike, like couldn't run, can't like, Mike run Vick. like Vick. But he has Vick has one tenth, not even one fiftieth of what the skill Aaron Rodgers has. Is in, in the words of Colin Coward, eh, nah, I don't know, pal. I don't know, pal. That is a certain, but uh, thank y'all for sending. We'll, we'll probably do that every Sunday. Follow Complex Sports on Instagram. We'll put out the post on our Instagram story. Just send your comments, and we'll rate them and comment on them. But we definitely appreciate y'all for tuning in this week, even though even though our friend Chops was missing. Um, and shout out to everybody that uh, that tweets at us and uh, sends us message. Shout out to my guy Leo. I see you in the comments. In my comment section, often, Leo, shout out to you. Hopefully, you tuned in for this one. But, uh, yeah, we'll catch y'all later. Subscribe, share, rate, and listen wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Hopefully, we've got a, hopefully we've got a big guest lined up, Adam. Hopefully. It, it, the streets are saying the guest is pretty big. You have a source? 
I don't know. The street's saying that. The street's saying that. But we'll All see right, y'all well, next we'll week. See. We'll see if it come through. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Tune in. Take care. Stay safe. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.